welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. It's Jessica. How are you doing on this Friday? I'm so excited to bring to you our Extraordinary Mom of the Month Award episode today. It comes from your nomination. So if you nominated somebody this month, thank you so much. There is so much positivity that gets passed around both on social media and elsewhere when somebody feels recognized and seen for the job they're doing as a mom. I love these episodes so much because it just really empowers us all to to know that somebody else sees the good work that we're doing um, because so many days it feels like nobody knows, nobody knows what I'm doing. So today I have an amazing guest for you. Our winner is Christy Kimball. We're going to get to the nomination from her friend Lena and a little conversation that I had with Christy. Um, but this is episode 171. We have some new friends around here that came from the uh, Happy Healthy Mom Summit, which I was a part of this week. So hi guys. If you participated in the Happy Healthy Mom Summit and you did not get a chance to watch either any of them or you there was more that you just didn't get to, you can go to my website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you click on the widget, if you're on your phone, you scroll all the way down. If you are on a computer, you, it's over on the right-hand side. Click on the widget for that. You can still buy an all-access pass um, if you were not able to participate this week for free. That will give you unlimited access. And it's a way that you can support the podcast as well because I get a little bit of a kickback when you purchase that pass. So that really supports the show. And, I mean, it's just great content that you can kind of spread out over a greater period of time, more than a week. It's a lot of information to cram into a week, but it's fun to be able to go back and hear from 27 amazing, amazing speakers. So head on over to the website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com, if you want to check that out. And if you're new around here, welcome. I'm Jessica, and I hope you'll dip back into the archives. You can always always follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. You can get new information for episodes over there. And then also it's a great way to be able to go back and see all the territory we've covered so far. So without further ado, let's get to our Extraordinary Mom of the Month award winner, Christy Kimball. All right. I want to welcome Christy Kimball today. Hi, Christy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Congratulations on being our Extraordinary Mom of the Month award winner. Oh, well, thank you so much. What a surprise. Yay! I know. It feels good to be called out of the blue for just doing your normal day-to-day stuff, doesn't it? I know. It's so nice. Well, your friend Lena is the one that nominated you, so let me just read that nomination and embarrass you a little bit, and then we'll get talking about (laughs) your motherhood journey. So she said, Christy is the mom of three little ones and one on the way. She and I lived across the street from each other during her most difficult years. Her eldest daughter, Lila, passed away from a very rare degenerative disease called Vichy Syndrome. The way Christy has honored Lila over the last three years is really remarkable. She has grieved and continues to grieve her beautiful daughter while also showing her other children the true joys of life. Christy is an angel on earth, and I'm so much better of a mom because of her. Oh, 
Oh, so nice of her. That is so nice. I don't think any of that's deserved, but that's really nice. Well, that's the way that awesome people often feel, so (laughs) that's normal. Will you just give a little background on yourself and your journey and especially your daughter, Lila? Yeah, um, Lila was our first, and I knew that being a mom was going to just consume me, so we actually waited to have kids, and we had Lila, our first little, little one, and we thought we had a beautiful, perfect, normal baby, and it was about her two-month checkup that the doctors kind of said, there's not something not right here. So they sent to Primary Children's Hospital, a children's hospital here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the first thing they found were cataracts, and she's going to have surgery, but as that, they did that surgery, they did an MRI with that, and they found some abnormalities in her brain, and that started this crazy journey of trying to figure out what she had and really trying to... We kept trying to hit milestones, and we never met them. Um, and finally, at 15 months, we actually found another mom just through Facebook and Googling and had this horrible syndrome called Vichy syndrome. And we sent our blood into the researchers in London, and we she had it, and we were carriers. And so at 15 months, we got the diagnosis that she had this, um, unfortunately, fatal disease called Vichy syndrome. Mm. Wow. And so what does that mean? I've never even heard of this. And I'm sure you hadn't at the time either. I know. No. When we found out, there was actually only 20 kids in the world who had been diagnosed. Wow. So it was really amazing. Yeah, we flew to the Mayo Clinic. We flew all over the country trying to get a diagnosis because just not knowing was so awful. Um, And, you know, you blame yourself. They'd ask you, did you do anything when she was in utero? And you just have these horrible thoughts of maybe I caused this for my child and Anyway, it was so horrible. So finally getting a uh, diagnosis was, was just so brought a lot of peace. Um, it's it's all consuming. It actually is a disease where they can't really get rid of the um, toxins in the body. And so it kind of is degenerative. Like she could make, 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 and she moved around a lot. But towards the end of her life, she really didn't. Um, and they, they never walk, they never talk, they can't see very well. I felt like her vision kind of came and went because sometimes she'd look right at you and smile, and then sometimes it was like there was a fog there. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of all-consuming, wheelchair-bound, feeding tube, everything. So, Wow. Yeah. And how were you able to go on with your life during that time as you were uncertain of her future and her prognosis but then also just trying to continue living and having more children and things like that not very well yeah that's gotta be so hard yeah it was really hard I think the darkest time like I said was when we didn't know what it was because I feel like as a mom we really take in a lot of guilt so there was a lot of mommy guilt for a long time because we didn't know what it was and I thought what have I done to cause this Um, and then just like a lot of those dreams of, you know, you dream of having this beautiful baby girl and all these milestones and all these little things and not having them. It was like, my husband and I talked about, it's, it's kind of like having a death every month when you have a newborn because they're not reaching these milestones and all these therapists are encouraging you and saying, Oh, I'm sure she'll do it. I'm sure she'll do it. And when she didn't hit those milestones, it was like a death every month. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard, especially her being my only child at the time. I focused my whole energy on her. My whole world was her. So it was really hard to kind of come up out of the fog of that and try to, like, see outside of how this could be a beautiful experience. When at the time, all you can see is 
negativity in the moment, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and in hindsight, it's always easier like, well, we got through it and we're strong. We learned certain things and everything. But in the thick of it, you're just, it's yes. hard to see that way. Even if you yeah, have confidence, sure. you might get to that point eventually. In the thick of it, it's just not that way. And I think when people are going through something challenging like that, and especially when she did pass away, it's hard to know what to say. And it's hard to know what to do for people. But what I've learned is the hard, the worst thing to do is nothing. And the worst thing to say right. yeah. is nothing. But the best thing, what Kelsey Nixon told me this, was people saying, tell me about your child. And so can you just tell me what was your favorite thing about Lila? What do you remember most that was just so special about her? <laughs> oh, gosh, there's so much. But um, she had this amazing light and spirit about her where if you just held her, you just felt so much better. Mm. And she had this great full body laugh where (laughs) her whole body would seize up and then she would like kick her legs and hit, you know, pump her arms and she would laugh so hard that it was just this pure joyful sound. (laughs) Oh gosh. So cute. And she would do it. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I, at first I didn't give her a lot of credit, unfortunately. Like, I thought, oh, she can't understand things that are going on. But she always laughed when her dad teased me. And she always, <laughs> you know, it was so funny. One night um, I was putting her to bed and she kept, like, gasping. And I just was, was so worried. I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going on with her? And I'd run in. I'd say, what's going on? And she would laugh. And and I finally, I, I called the pediatrician. I called everybody. And finally I called my cute mom and I said, she is gasping, and then when I run in, she laughs, and my mom just said, are you kidding me? She is being a little one-year-old, and she doesn't want to go to bed. Right, she's I stalling. Thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, she is just the cutest. So she had this great little personality that could come out, but it was, so, I mean, it was so subtle and so hard to see that you had to really know her, but she did have this, like, funny, mischievous, cute little personality. Oh, that's hilarious. That's the best. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And so going on to have more children, what has that been like for you? And how has it, this whole thing, this whole experience, both her life and her passing, affected the way you view motherhood and the way that you are towards your children now? Yeah, it was actually interesting. So we made the decision once we found out my husband and I were carriers that we were going to go through IVF to do genetic um, screening, testing mm-hmm. of yeah, screening of these embryos. And unfortunately, when we went in to do all this blood work, we found out that I had fertility problems, and we got pregnant with Lila so easily that that was really kind of rock bottom because we're facing losing our child, and then now that the, the prospect of not being able to have more children wow and so that was really really hard and we had to make some tough decisions and um we ended up uh choosing to do IVF and just really hoping it would work out and thankfully it did we got a little girl um my daughter Ruby um Mm -hmm. and she I think from having like going through having a child going to be passing away and then also really struggling to do IVF and getting this child here, I really didn't take anything for granted. You know, I I think growing up, you just figure, oh, I'm going to have kids and it's no big deal. And I want to have a family and how many girls do I want? and How many boys do I want? And then once you get hit with, okay, my child may not survive. Oh, and I may not have more children. You're just desperate. You're like, I will do anything. I don't care how they come. I don't care who they, you know, it was 
so it's really changed my perspective in that we are so, so lucky to have these little ones in our home now. I think that is so amazing. And I just wish for everybody, including myself, that we could all have that perspective without having to go through something as traumatic as what you've been through. You know, like we can have access to that type of perspective, but in the day to day, we just kind of lose it, you know? And I just, I just want that so much for myself to really appreciate the kids that are right in front of me that sometimes drive me bonkers and I wish, you know, would just be quiet in another room, but, but aren't I glad they're there? Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Even with that perspective, you still have those rip out your hair moments while also appreciating that at least they're here. Right. Right. Yeah. We really, I mean, we just really didn't think it was going to happen. And I, I just knew like, once you're a mom, you're a mom and you just can't go back. I just, my worst fear was that Lila was going to die before we had another child in my mm. home. And I knew that would just ruin me, you know, because wow. you're a mom and you need to be a mom. And so to finally, to get Ruby here, we had Ruby for eight months before Lila passed. Wow. And just, I knew that Lila was kind of waiting for that new little baby to get here because as soon as Ruby was born, Lila really nosedived and kind of was really? sick the rest of the time. And so I knew she was really waiting for us to get here. Cause I was like, I cannot not be a mom anymore. I mean, it's, you know, it's who you are. It's your identity now. So yeah. Yeah. I feel for people in that position. Oh man. Yeah. And so tell me about your life now. How, what are you doing to really remember Lila and how are you using this experience to contribute to the fullness of your life and your family's identity and and mission really? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I was worried about was that my kids now wouldn't know their big sister, you know? Sure. And that just scared me. And so um, we've really tried to make Lila a part of our everyday life. And um, I'm surprised at how much my kids really do. They know her. You know, when my daughter draws a family picture, Lila's in it. And, um, a lot of that has been from the beginning. We've just keep saying, Oh, and remember there's Lila and you need to put Lila in there. But a lot of it, I'm surprised. I think there's just this great spirit in our home. Now we talk about her all the time. Wow. We have an angel with us, how she's with us. And, um, my kids have really picked up on that and they've really grasped on that. And so they really do remember her and they'll talk about her like, they had more time with her or my daughter will tell me like funny things that Lila does, you know, Oh, Lila decided to move my blankie, you know, things like that. (laughs) And she'll laugh about it. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, funny things, our kids will sometimes blame things on Lila. Oh, Lila broke it. (laughs) And you try to be a little mad, but you're also very glad that they're thinking, Oh, I can blame this on my sibling. (laughs) It's still a part of our family. So. Right. Oh, Wow. That is so amazing, and I just love when people really strive to keep the memory of their lost loved ones alive, especially if it surfaces a little bit of pain as well, because that loss never goes away. That pain never goes away, but I'm so glad you've come to a place where you can feel joy simultaneously with recognizing there's still that part of you now that is gone, and you wish it were different, but you're able to live despite that. I think that's really powerful for people to hear. Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy, and the grief hits you at the most inconvenient times. I, I, I mean, can't we'll, imagine. We'll go to dance recitals, and all of a sudden, we'll just both be sobbing. And you know, my poor little daughter is like, "Didn't I do great?" You're like, "You did great. I'm so happy." <laughs> but it's just that you're thinking of, "Oh, where would 
Lila B if she was still here and she wouldn't be dancing, but she'd be there and she'd be Mm. enjoying things and things like that. So, so what would you tell somebody that's currently grieving? Maybe it's not a child, but maybe it's just a loss of some other kind where they're having to rework their vision for what their life is going to look like. What would you tell somebody going through that? Oh gosh, that's such a hard one because I really think people unfortunately have to like live through the awfulness of it Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to see out but I think I would say to someone just keep going like keep putting one foot in front of the other there's so many times where you just want to like give up and or you're like I'm not doing IVF I'm just gonna like (laughs) crawl in a hole and that's it you know yeah um but I think the keep going like you'll eventually get through and even I never thought I'd be at a place where I could say you know like the day-to-day is easier I can talk about Lila now and not break down. I can breathe again. I can feel like I can laugh with my kids and not feel guilty that she's not with us, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I think just to keep going and to keep moving and it won't always be this painful. Mm, yeah. And I think you just have to believe somebody else who has actually survived something like this, right? Because in the thick of it, you're not yeah. feeling like you're going to be the one that's going to be taken down by this. But to believe right. somebody else who has gone through this and who's just a little bit ahead of you, like look at you three years out, like that is remarkable, you know? And so I think it, there's a lot of power in sharing your story so that others can feel that strength if they're in the midst of it and are struggling to feel that themselves. Yeah, there's just, I mean, I think if I go back and talk to myself, I still wouldn't believe myself that I I would eventually feel okay with that. I mean, I was so angry at the world that she even had this disease Mm -hmm. that I think I was, I don't think I ever could have possibly thought, oh, it's going to be okay. You're going to find peace with it. You're going to understand that that was her journey. And And I really do feel like that was her journey. And she was supposed to come that way. And I, I never would have thought my, seen myself saying that five mm. years ago when we were in the thick of it. So Wow, that's amazing. Well, I just think you are extraordinary. I love the positivity and just the spirit of hope that you're putting out there. It's not a positivity that's sugar-coated. It's a positivity that really offers hope and inspiration to other people that may be walking or will walk or have walked that road. Um, so just thank you for sharing and thanks for being oh, an extraordinary well, mom. You. You're amazing. I always ask my guests one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell her there's no, and I still should tell myself this, there is no point in worrying about the what ifs. Mm. Because I worried so much about how I would take care of Lila when she was 10. You know, like, how am I going to lift her? How am I going to be able to do these things? And it just wasted so much precious time with her. And I find myself doing that with my kids. I'm like, oh, what if they're bullied, you know, or what if da-da-da? And my husband always tells me, you're you're living, you're going to live it twice if it does happen, but you're living it already. You're having those pains. Mm. So I think I would just tell myself, you really can't really dwell on the what ifs. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on today. You are such an extraordinary mom. And I think what makes you so extraordinary is being able to be brave and tell this story that I'm sure continues to harbor great sadness at times. Um, That loss never goes away, but I really admire the strength that you've shown and your, your determination to find joy and to keep living after that loss. 
that is so inspi- inspiring to me, Christy. And so I just want to, I want to applaud you for that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's nice of you to say. And, um, you know, Lila keeps inspiring me daily to be a better mom and it's always a good reminder. So thank awesome. you. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful day. You're our extraordinary mom of the month. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Okay, thank you. You guys, there are some brave moms out there that are doing hard things, surviving and living and even thriving after really hard, hard things in their life. And she is showing her kids how to get through hard things by modeling that for them. It's just incredibly inspiring. So Lena, thank you for nominating Christy. I am so glad to know her now. We're going to post links to everywhere you can follow her online um, at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. And like I said, you can follow me at JessicaDahlquist3 on Instagram or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Next week, we have an awesome episode. It is with my friend, Ashley Patrone. Ashley's actually a new friend that I got introduced to through Brooke White. Um, When Brooke highlighted her on uh, her YouTube channel, Girls With Glasses, doing an RV tour. And I thought, who is this darling girl living in, in an RV? And actually, she just lives down the road from me. I didn't know that at the time. But she moved from a regular house into an RV with her three children and husband, Why are they living in an RV? How is it this cute? How does she get some peace and quiet? All those questions are things we're going to answer with Ashley Patrone next Tuesday. And I can't wait for you to join us. So be sure you're subscribed on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Thank you if you've left a review lately. You guys are the best. I'm having so much fun with this show and I hope that you are too. So be sure to keep sharing and keep listening. All right, everybody, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.